Peace, grace, this is Pastor Colton Lott from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, El Reno. We have the privilege of building Christian community in El Reno for the world. And so if you care about building Christian community or El Reno or the world, we're glad you're listening to this podcast. If you want to help contribute to the gospel work of this congregation, please visit our website, fcclreno.org, and go to the Give Online tab. And now, here's the sermon for the week. Today's scripture reading comes from uh, Mark, Mark 4, 30 to 32. I invite you to take whichever posture helps you to hear these words new and fresh. Jesus also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed which sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. May God add blessings to the readings of these words in every time and in every place. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we seek your illumination today so that we might see Jesus, that word of God, in these words of God. Let us experience your love, your comfort, your shelter. Amen. I have a love-hate relationship with exercising. Anna, close your ears. I love to hate it. <laughs> but I've been on a bit of a health kick. It's time. And so when I decided to go and visit my brother Chase this week, I packed my running, jogging shoes in my overnight bag. As many of you know, Chase has moved back to our hometown in Ada, and while I'm sad that he's not in the metro area anymore, he now lives in my favorite neighborhood in our hometown. It's my favorite because it's about six blocks away from Wintersmith Park. It's basically Ada's version of Legion Park. It has a little lake and a mile and a half walking trail that goes around it. And so even though I'm still less than enamored with jogging, I was much more excited to do so on the lake trail. I woke up early got dressed, and then I quickly realized I had forgotten my headphones. Now I know for members of a certain age, you're rolling your eyes, you're going, well, so what? But in my defense, the whole reason I decided we were going to invest in jogging was because it's something I could multitask with. I didn't really like exercising, so I might as well get something else out of it. Let's pop on a podcast or an audio book and, you know, spend my time doubled up. So I went through all the cubby holes and the extra compartments in my overnight bag and in my car, and I even looked around Chase's coffee, shelf, coffee table and his bookshelf to see if he had a pair that I could borrow. None. I knew it. As soon as I woke up, I had forgotten it, and I would be out. So I went anyway. 
out alone there on the road, around the lake, a little bored, wondering if these cars have ever seen a pedestrian in their life. <laughs> and the birds were singing, and the squirrels were chattering, and that one squirrel was really mean to the other squirrels. And then the ducks were in the water, and then out of the water, and the geese were hissing. And I so easily forget how much my body loves when I exercise, and how I feel better for the rest of the day, and the neck pain that often plagues me in the afternoon isn't there. And I so easily forget that I just love being outside. It's something I get from my mom and my dad, especially when there's beautiful weather. And I so easily forget that just being outside is never a waste of time or productivity. And I so easily and especially forget how important it is just to be alone with myself and that the longer it goes between those times when I'm alone, the more painful it is to come back to me. And how I can't really think if I'm always watching or listening or talking, especially in my job, right? Like all I do is talk half the time. And so I so easily forget But I have to unplug to be a whole person. Now, mustard seeds come up a handful of times in Jesus' stories over the course of the gospel. He really likes that imagery of a seed that's only about a millimeter tall. It's about the height of a dime. Now, Jesus is a little wrong about it being the smallest of all seeds that belongs to the orchid, but for a religious teacher and not a botanist, he's pretty close because that little mustard seed is still so small, you can barely hold it between your finger and thumb, and if you do, you surely can't see it. It just disappears. What can something so small do? I think generally we're more familiar with the other mustard seed teaching, the one in Matthew 20, 17, where Jesus tells his disciples, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. It's not surprising to me that in our American culture of overproduction, super performance, and achievement at all cost, that the mustard seed teaching of this is the one that we are more likely to remember. But what about our other one, the one that we read today? It kind of seems straightforward, right? Parables, by the way, are short stories by Jesus that move us from what we know to what we could only imagine. And if the parable of the mustard seed is so straightforward, little seed, big bush, Maybe it missed the mark. A little faith goes a long way. Start small, end big, the end. We know this story. It leads us from where we are to back where we are. We hear all of these kinds of stories about growth. Walmart, Amazon, Life Church. Start small, end big. Start out as a little five and dime. Start out shipping from your garage. Start out worshiping in your garage. 
with a little determination and a little grit and a whole lot of hard work, you can be successful too. Now, it could be that this parable of Jesus tells us just that. But I've often found that if the teachings of Jesus haven't challenged us, and especially if the parables haven't moved us from where we are to what we could only imagine, then we have failed our job of imagining. So what I'm struck by in this parable is that the story of the seed doesn't end with it becoming a shrub. That's not the end. It ends with becoming a bush that's big enough to be a shelter for the birds. It becomes a place where our feathered friends can make nests in the shade, where those birds can finally rest from their flight, where they can be protected from wind and rain, a place where they can lay their eggs and hatch their chicks, where they can sing and chirp. That's what a mustard seed can do. So Jesus compares his bird condominium to the kingdom of God. A funny phrase, that kingdom of God, especially of those of us who live in a republic and not a monarchy, very intentionally so. And so maybe a different phrase would be more helpful for us. The reign of God, the presidency of God, the family of God. Or, as one of my favorite pastors, the Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes puts it, that time when God gets everything God wants. And it turns out when God gets everything God wants, the birds are going to rest. Probably don't want to stand under that tree. And it turns out, so will people. Jesus teaches us that the reign of God will come and fits and starts. It's both here and not here. It's already and not yet closer than we can imagine and still just beyond our grasp. There are moments when the way of God is present and there are moments when it is so clearly absent. We here are in the season of Lent. Those 40 days minus Sundays that lead us back to Jerusalem, back to resurrection, back to Christ. And we're in the midst of our worship series, Parched, Growth During Burnout, considering how we can take ashes and dust and find new life, more life, abundant life, especially after all that we have endured together in the last year. We are a tired people in need of rest. Almost one year ago, March 8, 2020, was our first service in this room altered by COVID. I don't know if you remember, but I made a little announcement. I put hand sanitizer on before communion. And it's okay if you don't remember that. It's been emblazoned in my mind. I'm sure there are moments that stick out for you too. And they make me feel tired. But we were tired before the last year, right? I mentioned Last week that many of us have been burned out long before the pandemic started with the demands of work and parenting and social media and just trying to stay afloat, not even moving forward, just the same spot. So for some of us, we cannot imagine what growth would mean because growth sounds like more work. It sounds like more. 
Sounds like more than we can say grace over. The last thing we need is growth. We would take less, please. Maybe you're like me. I know that I am privileged enough to have a body that can work out. And I have enough flexibility in my schedule that I know that I can and need to spend time in and with my body. Not just plugged into a book or an interview, but being at home in myself. Reminding myself of who I am. Praying in a way that is more attentive silence rather than the wish list that I often bring to God when I have neglected prayer. After all, we are human beings, not human doings. The lie that we have all been tricked to believe is that we have to earn our rest and our leisure. That the biggest concern is laziness, not overwork. And as I know all of you, or most of you, I don't know everybody, certainly not out there um, who are joining us in our um, internet um, online worship. The vast majority of us need to hear the other message of rest much more than we do of work. We need the message of big shrubs where we can take a snooze and be shaded for a while. In 2016, the Knapp Ministry was founded by Tricia Hersey, who is a theologian and a theater performance artist. The Knapp Ministry examines the liberating power of naps. And they do performance art together, working to install and create safe spaces for the community to rest together, public performance arts of naps. This is because rest is a form of resistance, and that sleep deprivation is a racial and social justice issue. They do this work to help deprogram the masses from grind culture. Maybe we need to take to heart this nap ministry today, this week. Because the truth is we shouldn't have to be economically secure, physically able, or a proven commodity in order to rest. Resting is not only an intrinsic good, but it's our right as children of God. You have the right to rest as a child of God. I would even go so far as to say you have the right to take a nap. Because if God rested after the work of creation, then who are we not to? We don't often keep our Sabbaths. The economic engine depends too much on our total use, our unceasing production, our constant consumption. And Sabbaths were much easier to keep when everybody was doing it together. It's kind of like a Lenten fast. If we're all doing it at the same time, we can all kind of lock arms and endure through the good moments and the bad. But in the 21st century, with many faiths and no faiths all mixed together in the public square, it takes a certain notion of Christian supremacy to demand that everything ceases on our holy day, especially when we go give no recognition to Sunday, or when we want recognition for Sunday without giving it to Friday, sundown to sundown on Saturday for our Jewish siblings, or the day Friday for our Muslim siblings. But how we need days of rest. The rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel in his landmark book, The Sabbath, wrote, The seventh day is a, like a palace in time for, with a kingdom for all. It is not a date, but an atmosphere. It's like a shrub 
with shade for all the birds of the air. And so if we are to grow, my friends, it will be because we have finally rested. We have finally found shelter. The reign of God promises rest. Our bodies need it, and I bet your families do too. So how will we carve it out? So some people find a tech Sabbath really helpful. By deciding to turn off our electronics one day each week, we're able to move away from always consuming, always being entertained, always being plugged into the world where work is just an email or a message away. And so instead of screen time, one day a week, there are moments that are free to do what we want, spend time with people or nature or pets and not just pixels. And for a day, instead of being so easily transported wherever in the world you want, all in the connection of an internet fiber optic cable, we have to live here, where our feet are on the ground, where our body lies. Some people do this by trying to take one day not to spend money each week. I have never been successful at this, but I really want to not spend money on Sunday. <laughs> but for all the marketing we receive, the constant urge to make money, to spend money, some find it helpful to try and say, no, for one day a week, I will be happy with what I have. And of course, there is also just the power of the word no itself of saying, I don't have time for that, and letting that be a full answer, of making boundaries which the world will not respect. And so we'll have to keep them ourselves because the world will take until there is nothing left. Now I say all that to now say this. Not all of us can do this with the same ease. Sin lurks among us and prevents rest. Some folks are not paid enough. And so they have to accept every hour of work that they can. Some bosses are so demanding that they expect, they expect their employees to always be available, no matter the hour. And some bodies have to always say yes, or they might be considered rude or inconsiderate or not really a team player. And as the church of Jesus, it's important for us to stand against these forces of sin, to protect the dignity of workers, the boundaries of people, the need for everyone to simply be instead of always do. Because the kingdom of God is like that little seed that grows not just into a bush, but to a haven of rest. The kingdom of God is that place where we are shaded and protected, a place where we can meet Jesus, the shelter. And in those moments when we are unplugged and unhurried, when we get back to that place where our deepest self can be met once more alongside the God who is always surrounding us, but we barely have time to notice. In that place, we can find growth. So if we will take time to rest in the branches, to be sheltered like a Jesus, then miraculously we too can grow into a shrub, the greatest of all shrubs. And we can join with Jesus to provide shelter for others and not just ourselves. So let's rest this week and find what's been missing 
to find our deepest selves, to find God, to be restored, and to invite others into that moment as well. Amen. This sermon podcast is a ministry of First Christian Church, El Reno, Oklahoma. It is preached about 85% of the time by Senior Minister Colton Lott, about 10% of the time by Associate Minister Tara Dew, and about 5% of the time from a beloved guest. If you check the math and we're wrong, don't worry about it. This podcast is produced by Communications Coordinator Rachel Carlson, and the instrumentalization you hear is by Chris Prather, our Bell Choir Director, percussionist, and composer in residence. Christian community is made up by the individuals who show up each week, and so while this has been preached and produced by some, it is the work of many. So whether you show up with your body or with your enthusiasm, with your dollars, with your prayers, or your love, thank you for making the body of Christ real and felt and known. Go and be a blessing this day and always, friends. Amen.